On today's episode, we discuss the Thunder's loss to the Celtics, Billy Donovan is rhyming accidentally, and Lou Dort needs more minutes. Today's episode of Down to Dunk is brought to you by NetSuite. Successful companies know faster growth requires the right tools. And if you're doing one, ten, or hundreds of millions of dollars in revenue, NetSuite by Oracle gives a full picture of your business, finance, inventory, HR, customers, and more. All in one place. Over 19,000 companies trust NetSuite, the world's number one cloud business system. Schedule your free product tour right now and receive a free guide, Seven Key Strategies to Grow Your Profits at netsuite.com slash listen. That's netsuite.com slash listen. I'm Deontay Burton, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Hamadou Diallo. Hey, I'm Danilo Gallinari. I'm Chris Paul, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Luke Dort, and I'm down to Dort. What's Dort? I'm not going to lie. I don't know what that was. In English, bro. I'm Darius Baisley, and I'm down to dunk. I'm Shake Gilchrist Alexander. I'm Steven Adams. I'm Andre Robertson, and I'm down to dunk. On you. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. With me today is my good friend, McKelly Barra. McKelly, what's up? I hate Kemba Walker. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> I mean, he was sensational last night. Yeah. And it kind of, I mean, it was a great game. Uh, but, I mean, can you imagine if somehow the Thunder were able to, to win that one? That would have been, I mean, an, that's an incredible win. I mean, that's a really good yeah. Celtics team who was there in full force. They lost 15 games the whole season. You know, they're five games above 500 on the road. That's oh. a really good Boston team. And their starting lineup is killer. Like, Daniel Tice is really good, who he outplayed Steven Adams yesterday. You know, I mean, he, it was a... It would have been a huge, and they're one point away from beating them. Yeah, a Diallo dunk or oh, whatever, man. a free throw, the, something the, like that. The turnaround from Gallinari, where the, he got that hit ahead shot, where he just missed that little bunny. There was a Stephen mm-hmm. Adams shot that just went right in, right out. There, were, there was a lot. I mean, I think that they were twenty of forty three in the inside the paint. Which is, yeah, that is uncharacteristic for for OKC. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was an it was an odd game from that standpoint, but honestly, it was a great game. It was a really fun game to watch. It was a really fun game to be at. It was there was a a large amount of Celtics fans in the arena last night, which was strange because you get and you didn't get as loud of cheers as when the Thunder scored, but you got a pretty loud cheer when yeah. the Celtics yeah. scored. So it was it was a little it was a little odd because I mean there are teams that travel well and the Celtics do travel well, but I don't ever recall them traveling this well. Well, it was noticeable even from the telecast. You could really hmm. hear uh, loud cheers um when when Boston was scoring. So yeah, it's I don't know if this is has something to do with the fact that uh, the peak is not like 100% pack every day. And so there are maybe a few tickets here and there left. Um, yeah. 
for someone else to be uh, to buy those. So maybe it's that. Maybe it's just I don't know that this Boston team is very entertaining and Boston fans really want to watch them live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could be. Yeah, I think so. Shea was awesome yesterday. Yeah. He was 8 of 12 from the field, 3 of 4 from 3, 5 of 7 from the free throw line, finished with 24 points on 12 shots, 4 assists, 6 boards. He was great, and he just had that one moment at the end of the game where Marcus Smart <laughs> just rips him. And I just don't think he was ready for it. I And that's okay. It's a learning experience for him uh, at the end of the day. But you, you wish that he would have gotten a chance to get that shot off. And you also... Yeah think about it a little bit and you're like maybe Chris Paul should have had the basketball at that point but you can't go back on it and I think that it is a, a huge learning experience for you know what is a, a very young guard still in this league yeah but you know I mean this will sound extremely stupid uh, but I'll say anyway I'm not a fan of looking at single possession with where they were on the on the night, yeah. Because I mean, if you look into Chris Paul game, he had a few turnovers, and probably a few of them were even worse than the one that the Shea had. Mm-hmm. But Shea would so, Shea one was so loud because it was at the end of the game and basically the game ended right there that we kind of have this sour taste in our mouth. But in the end, I mean, Marcus Smart the probably best defender uh, or one of the top three best defender on guards mm-hmm. made a very risky play because the risk of footing Shea at the line was huge on that play. Yep. And he made it an awesome, awesome play. So, I mean, I would, I would look at it this way. So a guy that is supposed to be your, again, go-to defender made an awesome play. And, and it's too bad that on the other end of the uh, the play was Shea. But, I mean, he had an insane game. Mm-hmm. The the three-pointers that he, take off the, that he took off the dribble yeah, are the one ones that really got OKC back into the game. Mm-hmm. And he was insane. And he was guarded by, like, good guys. I mean, Kemba is not a great defender, but he's not like, uh, I don't know, it's not Carmelo Anthony. And, yeah. uh, he wasn't wide so, open. Yeah. Is is really the key there i mean that on that pull-up three and basically it wasn't in transition but just transitioning into their set i mean he just pulled up right in kimba walker's face and yeah. switched it i mean that was yeah. <laughs> that was something that you're going into the season that you hope that maybe he could approach trying something like that because that's what really wasn't his game last year at oh all. no and so the fact that he's comfortable doing that, that he can shoot step-back threes, I mean, he's on his way to becoming a go-to scorer. And he is a go-to scorer on this team, but even more of a prolific go-to scorer. Yeah, yeah. And and again, the, the variety of ways in which he can be effective as a scorer, it's what it's interesting to me. Because if he was just the guy that could finish at the rim, mm-hmm. then... Yeah, he might score 20 against a very bad front line, but but maybe not on any given night. The fact that when he sees the the floor packed, he can get to this pull up from three, from mid range. He can he can do step backs from 
either range, like from two point range or for three point range. Like this is very interesting mm-hmm. because he can be your, as you said, your go to guy. Period. Not just in certain situations. I mean, if you if you are against his own defense, I think that Shea could be aggressive enough and take three pointers from the dribble. Yeah. Because if you if you try to put on uh, a zone defense against, against Lillard or Curry, this is what they will do. And I don't think Shea is at that level where he trusts his jumper uh, so much that he can take like six or seven a game. Mm-hmm. But I think he will get to that point eventually. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't disagree. I mean, his trajectory is is heading toward that right now, and it's. And playing with guys like Chris Paul and Schroeder, like he is this year, is only going to help him to get there because they're mm-hmm. both, both very good players. Uh, so the starting shooting guard for the Thunder yesterday was, again, Lou Dort. He only played just under 12 minutes. Oh, also, there's this. Billy Donovan, pregame. And apparently I was the only one that noticed this because – I looked around the room and nobody acted like they noticed this. Billy Donovan was just rhyming about Lou Dort just unintentionally. <laughs> just I read the York tweet. Over <laughs> and over again. So, so he, he, he first just said, when we brought up Lou from the blue, and I'm kind of like giggling to myself, and nobody's doing anything. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. Maybe, maybe I just think things like that are funny and no one else does. But then when he said... When we brought up Lou from the blue, we didn't know what he could do, and I just about lost it. I mean, I'm and I'm looking around, and everybody is just like deadpan, just like staring at him. And I'm like, no one must have heard him, because that is funny. And I even went up, I talked to Royce and a few of the other beat writers that were in there. I was like, guys, did you not hear what Billy just said? And they were like, what? And I told them, and everybody's laughing. I'm like, see? Like, what, what is going on here? Why is nobody listening? It was so funny. Um, but anyways, um, I got Sports Tunes did a nice rendition of this, of this Billy Donovan, Dr. Seuss uh, cartoon, and uh, children's book will be coming out um, April 2020. So just, just get ready for that. Um, so Lou Dort plays just under 12 minutes last night. He hit a three. He did his normal Lou Dort things. He was in foul trouble. He had four fouls, which is why he's on the bench. But still, here's the deal. You can't save your fouls for the next game. He still has two fouls to give. So I don't – people say, like, foul trouble is the reason he didn't play. I think that's bull. I, don't, I just am not – I don't buy that at all because the guy that played 26 minutes had four fouls. And that's Terrence Ferguson. And I get it. He defended well. But he is at the point where he's not just a zero on offense. I mean, he was a negative on offense last night. I mean, when he gets the ball, he just immediately shuffles it back to the guy that gave it to him or shuffles it on. And sometimes that can be helpful to move the ball quickly, yes. But when it when it does nothing, like when Chris moves the ball, like he's doing it intentionally. He's trying to get it somewhere, not just to get it right back all the time. That bothers me. And then the the play, and I know you don't like looking at singular plays. This play, you have to look at it. He was in transition, wide open, on the wing. Thunder down three with around 30 seconds left. And he just, he gives it to Schroeder, who was covered. 
Yeah. And I asked Billy about it. I said, did you like the decision that Terrence made at the end of the game? He said, we always want our guys to shoot it if they're open. And then he tried to yeah. give Terrence the benefit of the doubt, saying that maybe, you know, Schroeder just hit a big shot, and maybe he was trying to give it back to him and thought that maybe he would be open. I don't buy that. And the Celtics didn't either. The Celtics didn't buy that. The Celtics were sitting there waiting for the ball to come to Schroeder because they knew. Yeah, yeah. You have to take that shot. You have to take that shot. I don't care if he misses it. I don't care if he airballs it. You have to take it. Yeah. No, my, my point before about like looking at single possession means that a mistake is a mistake. Sure. Um, that was and, a mistake. And, and that was a mistake, like a big one. And it was important because it was probably one of the few times in the game where it was wide open and, and you have to take those i mean i know that lou dort is not a great shooter but when he's open in rhythm he takes it mm-hmm. and i don't care if he misses like yes i care to a certain degree if he's if he shots like 15 percent, then maybe we should be worried and yeah and, and say to him well that's not where he should be on the court but if the plan is to get you a three you have to take it. There's no other way around. And and Ferg there made a huge mistake because he was wide open. He gives the ball back to a guy that is guarded. Yes, in single coverage, but but still, you need a three-pointer. You don't need a two. You need a three. And and that's the best shot you can get. And you have to take it. And it's it's just important that Terrence made... I, I don't know when it happened, but I remember him as a rookie. He was bad, like really bad. But he was not afraid. He chucked yeah. 20 shots in LA in a, in, a, in a span of two games. He had 26 points. I don't remember how many shots he took, but like quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Where is that player? Where know. is that guy? I don't care if he's just like 25%. I'd much rather have him taking, I don't know, five, six threes a game. Mm-hmm. Just take them. And then you do the math at the end of the month or at the end of the year. Because right now, you are helpful to this team only if you take those shots. Because otherwise, yes, you are a good defender and and probably even a great one, but you don't do anything. Robertson was was at least screening and cutting. Like, you don't do that either. So it's really playing five and four. And... Even if he plays like the de facto four or the decoy four, uh, it doesn't matter. Because if you play against a team that has A-word as the four, you are really hiding him. You you are allowing him to not play any defense. And that's not right. No. No, it's not right. And, I mean, Terrence, after the game, I mean, he got ready really fast. We're in the locker room, and he's pretty much ready by the time we get in there. And he... You know, Deontay was coming over trying to talk to him, trying to encourage him, trying to kind of joke around with him. He's just not saying a word. He's He walks, he goes, gets his stuff, and walks out of the locker room, and a reporter goes and says, hey, can I get you for one question? He says, nope, I'm good, and he's out. You know, he's not in a good place. He's not in, he's still not in a good place. I mean, he came he was not in a good place when he was gone. It, do, it he does not appear to be in a great place now. I mean, and so you got to give him some slack, but still, if you're going to be playing those minutes, you still have to take those shots. 
you still have to, you still have to do your job. And so, I mean, he took one shot yesterday. Yeah. I mean, and that's it. I mean, he hasn't made a three since January 13th. Oh, boy. That sounds extremely harsh. (laughs) And it is harsh because, I mean, he obviously hasn't played all that much since January 13th. I think he's played like four or five games. But still four or five games and hasn't made a three. And he's he can. That's the thing about this is that he can shoot. He can shoot. He is a three and D player, and he should just be able to take. He should have five or six threes that he takes within that twenty six minutes. I mean, the Thunder can generate those shots for him. They're a good team. Their offense was cooking in the first half. They were awesome, and if you want the shots, you can get them. They'll find you, and they're going to want you to shoot. They want Terrence to shoot it. I think the players on the team want Terrence to play. I think they want him to play well, and I think they want him to shoot. But, at you know, at the end of the day, it's really up to him. It's going to be up to him, and the team trusts him. Billy trusts him, and he's going to have to, he's going to, have to make a change. I mean, because he is not a bad offensive player. At all. I mean, he kind of came into the league known as an offensive player. Like that was his yeah. game. That's who he was. I mean, he, he I didn't get the he didn't get the nickname Two K because he was a good defender that w- got through screens. Like he got that because he has wild dunks and he can score the basketball. Yeah, I remember the McDonald's All America. He was letting fly from deep, like yeah. effortlessly. Oh yeah. So. Yeah, let's let's talk about the, the the reason why he was on the court though, because I think it's equally important and interesting. And to me, it was clear that at a certain point, uh, Boston decided, well, this is not a playoff matchup, but we are still going to play exactly like it is, like if it was a playoff game. And they decided to put Gallo in every possible screening action so that he w- he ended up guarding Campbell Walker down the stretch. And I'm not saying that Gallo did a bad job in general because Kemba took pull-up trees. Mm-hmm. And if you have a big guy close to the to a small guy, hands raised, and, and he makes it anyway, then it's probably just... A great action by Kemba, mm-hmm. but still Billy went off for, on defense for offense with Ferguson on the court, and I think that this will be something that a lot of team will do uh, coming April or May if the Thunder uh, will be in the playoffs. So I don't know how much of, a, of an issue this is, and Gallo said that he's probably have to get better at that, but surely. It's it's something that we should at least acknowledge and notice uh, from time to time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's there's no doubt about that. Uh, you want to look at some some big stats for the Thunder? Oh yeah. Uh, so net rating, the Thunder are 11th in the NBA on the season, which is pretty impressive. 2.7, uh, right behind the Miami Heat, right above the Philadelphia 76ers, who are just really struggling. Uh, the That's Thunder, wild. the Thunder, and the Sixers have basically had the same record, which is yeah. pretty wild to think about. Yeah. Uh, defensive rating, the Thunder sit at 11th at a 107.9. So I mean, they're almost a. I mean, they're they're tied with the Brooklyn Nets, who are 10th. So they're a top 10 defense 
on the season, which is which is pretty crazy. And then offense, they're 14th at a 110.6. So right, right above Indiana, right below San Antonio. So, and then if you want to be very favorable to the Thunder, I can take a look at what they are since Thanksgiving because like that's the mm. marker where this that old team died and this new team that we watch on a nightly basis was you know born you know because they were really they really struggled i mean that's when we were talking about tanking every week yep. was when was before thanksgiving it was like okay guys like that's when tankathon.com was one of my favorite websites and i still really like it and i still look forward to using it in the future but we don't have to use it now uh, since mm-hmm. so since Thanksgiving, the Thunder are eleventh in offensive rating at a one twelve point seven. Defensive rating, they're ninth at a one oh eight point two. Net rating is a four point five, which puts them at eighth in the NBA. So yeah. for a majority of the season, they have been the eighth best team in the league. They're just below the Mavericks at four point eight, and they're just above the Houston Rockets at a three point three. I mean they're they have been a much better team than the Houston Rockets since Thanksgiving. Yeah, which is pretty can wild. You, can you isolate the first quarters for for the season? I believe I can for the whole season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. even well, whatever. I mean, uh, it's 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 probably close to the same because uh, I I remember OKC starting off games uh, probably a little bit better at the beginning. And having horrible third quarters, and then they kind of flip flop that. Yeah, so in- I'm interested in the first and the, and the third because it's where basically the starters play the majority of the minutes. Yeah, in the first quarter they are a minus four point two net, one yeah. oh five point nine uh, offense, one ten point one defense. I mean they're 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 a bad 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 team. Yeah, so. The reason why I asked you to do this uh, connects to a very strange and weird discussion that we had in a text thread last night. Uh, and the point is, I don't know why this is happening. Like, this team starts off with a great defender in Ludort and previously a great defender in Terrence Ferguson. And two or the, two of the three best, well, three of the best four offensive guys that they have. Like they have Paul, they have Gallo, and they have uh, Shea. So why they are struggling that much? And you can add like Steven Screening. So why do they struggle so much starting games? I don't know. The only uh, thing that I can come up with is they don't start with the with the foot on the on the pedal mm-hmm. because there's no other explanation to me. This team should be good to go from from the beginning of games. Instead, they are pretty bad. They are not great in the third, and they rely on great closures. That sometimes works, but when you face a team that is basically the same in terms of second-half production, then you you have tough games like the one that we just saw last night. Yeah, third quarter since Thanksgiving, they're 10th in net rating. One seven. Yeah, 117 offense, 112 defense. Yeah, so that's that. That was the issue at the beginning of the season, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think I'm sure that if you check, like the numbers are flip flop. But still, I I don't understand why 
they start games off that way. <laughs> it is it is dumbfounding how bad that starting lineup has been. It doesn't matter. I mean, with Lou Dort, with Terrence Ferguson, and it just it makes you wonder if they should just start with a three guard lineup in the playoffs and just play it as much as you can. Because if you start with it, that means you're going to get to play more minutes with it altogether. And that's their best lineup. That's their, that is, if they're going to even approach a, an upset in the first round, they have to play that lineup a lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, Eric, I agree. Eric Horn did report that Terrence Ferguson came back and apologized for darting out of the Thunder locker room and did explain himself that oh, okay. that his decision to pass up on that shot was um, about percentages, is what he said. So Then he's wrong because his wide-open percentage is probably a tad or in the same ballpark as yeah. Schroeder when he's guarded. So. At least he came back and said something. Like I've, I've, yeah. I felt it felt weird. Like it just felt weird. And so you know, good for him for coming back. That does that also says something about him mentally that he understood that like, crap. I shouldn't have done that. Like that, not only was the wrong thing to do, but it looks really bad for me to do yeah. that. And so, good on him for for doing that. Yes, or in whoever of the PR staff decide like convince him to do that. Yeah, or text him and said like, "Hey, like everybody saw that." <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, is that's interesting. Uh, the Thunder sit at sixth in the Western Conference still. Um, they had a chance to be at the sit to be at fifth had they had they won because they do own the tiebreaker um, against Houston. But they uh, did not get there. God, they're, I mean, there's just a game behind Houston. I mean, if they would have won yesterday, Houston lost. Did you see the end of that Houston game? Yeah, just the end of it, though. Oh, man. It was a wild that, ending. Yeah. Some massive shots hit by guys. I mean, Donovan Mitchell was great down the stretch for them. But, like, Robert Covington hit this huge three down the stretch to, to bring the Houston Rockets back. Because they were down, I think, eight or nine, like, and within like four minutes, Covington hits this massive three to tie it. And then PJ Tucker hits this three in the corner that you think is probably the game winner. It puts them puts them up, I think, two at the end of the game. You think, okay, that's probably it. There's one second left. And then the Jazz just run this play, this out of bounds play that was just awesome. Where they're just turning guys in and out and Bogdanovich just breaks free for just a second. They hit him, and he makes this shot, and it was just incredible. And he's screaming, and, like, the whole Houston – I mean, they they show shots like the Houston crowd. Everybody's got their hands on their head. Like, they're just dumbfounded. It's just – it was just – I mean, like, that's what the NBA is just all about. It was just amazing. It was so cool. But um, it would yeah. – I mean, the Thunder had a chance a to be breaks. five. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, after that egregious call against Portland, then this shot, well, good for them. Um, yeah, no, you're to, right. To, yeah, to be honest with you, I don't mind OKC. Like, it's it's stupid to say, but I don't really care about the record anymore. Like, as long as they are comfortably ahead of Memphis and yeah. in the mix for whatever position, like fifth, sixth, seventh, it doesn't really matter. Mm-hmm. 
the, the only thing that matters is the way they play on any given night and their health. So I would probably try to rest Chris Paul as much as I can. And the same goes for Gallo. Well, Chris Paul rests. Yeah, yeah we're still overly excited about how great they are, how good this team is. But A, now you you can make the playoffs probably even if you have a bad second half of the season. Yeah, that makes which sense. is not really a half. It's it's less than that. So you just really need to take care of business. Yeah, they have 29 uh, games left. B, you really need to value your assets mm-hmm. because Gallo in a sign and trade has value only if he's good to go. Yeah. Otherwise, you probably end up signing him because you don't want to leave him out there with with like a bad contract. And and Chris is the same. And in order to have them both ready to play 35, 38 minutes in the playoffs, I think that they should need they they, they will need to start uh, resting them more than what they did, especially with Chris. With Gallo, it's okay, no back to backs, and, and probably a few trips, like one day trips. They should really take care of him and, and just. Just give him more rest because yeah. it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. They have four back-to-backs the rest of the season. Yeah. So it's not much. You need to, to, to give him like a few extra games. Yeah. And, and find games. Like rest him against – rest Chris Paul and Gallo against Chicago. Yeah. You know, like find these games that you and, – and also not only say we need to rest you. Say we need to get Shea some experience here as like the primary point guard. Yeah, you know, I would not rest them against like low level teams. It's it's stupid and counterintuitive, but what if you go in LA or whatever in in Milwaukee, in Philly, just rest them. You will lose anyway. Yeah. Just give your guys a chance to 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 get an incredible win instead of giving guys a uh, a game that they have to win without them. Yeah. yeah. If you go to Milwaukee, they will lose. Period. There's there's just no way. No matter how many players you get, if you win, it's just because you ended up getting lucky or or whatever, because they are that good. And so why not give Gallo an extra night there? Like, just just, just take care of your health, stay home, watch the game on TV, and or dress up and and come with us and, and like, put on a nice Italian dress, and and that's it. I mean, (laughs) and you give Shea, Diallo, Ferg, Dort a chance to beat the big guys. Yeah. No, I don't. I don't disagree. And Milwaukee is second out of a back-to-back, anyways. So they they play yeah. in OKC against Sacramento. Second out of a back-to-back. Just say like Chris Gallo. Hey, even Schroeder, want to stay home? Just stay home. Even Steven. like you guys, just stay home. Like Milwaukee's. Yeah. Milwaukee crushes people at home. Yeah. They've lost three games at home all season. Yeah. You know what's yeah. wild? Is that Philly's only mm. lost two games at home all season? That's wild. They're nine. They're nine and nineteen on the road. That that is puzzling to me. What's... Like of playoff teams, I mean the Magic are nine and eighteen <laughs> on the road at home. At on the road. Oh, on the road. Okay. I mean, it's a, it is a, I mean, there's no Western Conference team that has anything close to that on the road. Like everybody's around 500, you know, the Nuggets are 17 and 10 on the road. 
mean, the Lakers are obviously awesome on the road. But there's, I mean, no playoff team approaches that 9-19 and except for or the Orlando Magic. And can we really call them a playoff team? I mean, they're the eighth seed just because no one else can do it. Yeah, I mean, if you think that one of Portland, uh, New Orleans, San Antonio, and Memphis will not play a game uh, after the 15th of April, and Orlando will, that's... <laughs> it's just wrong. It is. I mean, there's no, there's no other way to say this. And um, but yeah, yeah. I it mean, is the NBA nowadays. It is. But at least the top of the East is great. The top of the East is great. The bottom, the, the bottom part of the East playoffs is still s- crazy. I mean, so Indiana is 14.5 games back of the first seed. The, Memphis is 13 games back, and the Pacers yeah. are the sixth seed. Orlando is 23 games back. <laughs> and they're in the 8th seed. such a drop-off. 23. Wait, is Brooklyn the 7th? Um, Brooklyn is, yeah, Brooklyn's 7. They're 21 games back yeah, of the first seed. They're not much better. I mean, to get to 23 games back, you have to go to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Oh, wow. In the Western Conference. And they are, they are very, very bad. Yeah. Or at least they were. We'll see how this version of the team rolls will do. It's great, and and I and also granted, Milwaukee has a better record than anybody in the Western Conference does, but still, it's it is nuts. Like it's it's still crazy. I mean, like Milwaukee, Toronto, Boston, Miami, Philly, and the Pacers. Like those are good teams. Like, those are all good yeah. teams, but they're like Brooklyn is not a good team. Like they're twenty three and twenty eight right now. They're below five hundred. Then Orlando, who's been really bad, are the eighth seed. The Washington Wizards have been atrocious all season. They're 18 and 33, and they still have a shot at the eighth seed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. I mean, it's it's crazy. And it's not like you have to have an outstanding record to make the playoffs in the Western Conference this year. But Memphis, uh, you know, Memphis, you know, you have to give them credit. They're 27 and 26. Like, that's. They have fought hard to get there and have played their tails off. It'll be interesting to see post-trade what this team looks like because, I mean, guys like Jay Crowder provided a ton of toughness for that squad, yep. and he played a lot of minutes for them. Solomon Hill also, was he played a lot for them. Not that he was outstanding, but you know, having veterans yeah. like that is helpful uh, to win games. Um, Mikhail, I've got to go here in a second. Is there anything else on the Thunder that you want to touch on before we go? Poor Steven. Two out of ten. I'll leave it out there. Oh, not not it. You know what? He he deserves a little bit of flack too. Like we gave a ton of flack to Terrence. Steven Adams yesterday wanted to post up in his canter more than he wanted to do just about anything ever. (laughs) I mean, it was and it was kind of sad because and that's the one thing that Ennis can do on defense is guard a post up. Like he's super strong. You're not going to move him around a lot. I don't. I don't understand it. I mean, I do understand it because like they're buddies and he wants to go at him. But that's a bad play. And a lot yeah. of times he's posting up far away from the basket. That's a in yeah. Stephen for as smart as he is. Like he has to know that's a bad play. Like, he has to know that's a stupid play. That if you want to get NS, you get him and you get him involved in action in the pick and roll. Yes. Yeah. 
You don't. Yeah, they didn't attack NS too much. I, I, I don't understand that either. But again, I, I don't think OKC played matchups. No, they didn't. They just I, played their way. Yeah, and I just, but still, like the post up stuff was, it was stupid, and it, it didn't. Was. It did yes. not. I mean, I'm sure the points per possession is is very sad. So like Steven, like don't do that. You don't have to do that. Like I don't. It's point four. Yes. Yeah. So pretty bad. I don't. I don't hate giving Stephen Adam a post touch here or there, but I felt like he had way too many, and it was just all about like let me post up in his canter. And it's just like okay, yeah. come on, man. Like that's that was that was not it yesterday. Uh, thanks for listening to our podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Andrew K. Schlecht. Follow McKelly at Mikey Barra. Make sure that you look for his post game tweets and really just anything he tweets out. It'll make you a smarter Thunder fan. For sure. Follow our podcast at Down to Dunk. Go subscribe to The Athletic. It has the best content on the internet. It is, um, as Eric Horn writes for uh, The Thunder, and he does a great, great job. There's stuff that you just won't get anywhere else. Um, obviously, national writers are spectacular. The stories are great. If you, if you miss Fred Katz, you can get lots of Fred Katz stuff on there. He's always writing great stuff. So, Make sure that you go check out The Athletic. Hope you guys have a great Monday, and we'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday.